Welcome everybody to Fat Guys with Smokers. Still love that name, so fitting. I'm Mike, here with John, we're your hosts, and we are Fat Guys with Smokers. It's true, like I said, when in doubt, tell the truth. Absolutely. And we are recording our second episode. A lot of people told us we wouldn't make it this far, but we persevered. We made it through. And uh, here we are. It's by, happening. By a lot of people, do you mean our wives? Yes, mostly just our wives. Yeah. I they are supportive in important things, but things like this, they don't seem to care very much about our feelings. So, I, uh, they're just, I'm, I'm like, I'm careful about <laughs> yeah. what I say. Because right now they're the only ones that listen. So, we yeah. got to. They, they're realistic critics, which I appreciate at times. Absolutely. Great. It's good to have somebody like that. Yeah, the, the one thing that did come up is there are things that you can say on this podcast talking about barbecue that you just can't say other places. Mm. I like that. Like what? Well, you're a high school teacher. How, uh, how would your students react if you told them that you wanted to be left alone with your meat? Mark? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, as soon as you said that, I went to things that I would not say in front of my class that I say and feel pretty good about on this yeah, or- podcast. And it's not weird. Yeah, or you may get some interesting answers as you uh, as you ask them, hey, what you smoking tonight? Oh, yeah. 100%. When I do, I intro every at the start of every new semester. I do a little intro and a little PowerPoint and say, hey, I'm really into smoking. Like, it's one of my favorite things to do. And obviously, you know, it falls apart and they all like, oh, what are you smoking? Da, da, da. And it's like, oh, just, you know, meat and dead animals, deliciousness, you know. Yeah, parent-teacher conferences for you could get really interesting there, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Every I, every day, I'm like, I'm probably going to get an email about this, you know? But <laughs> I am what I am. My mind, when you said that, immediately went to talking about butts, obviously, because I'm a high school teacher. So, like, dude, that butt was so juicy. Like, you can't say that at school. You couldn't say that. Really, anywhere, that would be inappropriate. But I feel like here, it's fine. Yeah. In context. Yeah, nothing is nothing is more appropriate than talking about juicy butts on fat guys with smokers. Yeah, I mean we prefer them juicy. I think, I think that's the the goal. Yeah. Um, well, hey, it is New Year's Eve. This will be interesting as we release these, and it's mid January or something, and and people are like, man, these guys are behind the times. But today it's New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you cooking? What are you looking forward to? Well. So I usually have my go-to for any party that we do. Um, I make these jalapeno poppers. Um, And it's kind of, I mean, I watched a bunch of recipes and just kind of made it my own. Based on, honestly, based on what I had in my fridge the first time I made it. So I cut the jalapeno in half, put some cream cheese on it. And then I put either a little smoky or when I first made this, I didn't have little smokies. But I had some Oscar Mayer all beef like franks and i just cut those in thirds and put that on there and then wrap it in bacon put some barbecue sauce on it and it's a huge hit people love it uh so yeah little smokies and jalapeno poppers i feel like that's some next level stuff it i'm gonna be honest it was a game changer like a lot of people wrap it in bacon i threw that in there and it was i mean everything that we do when i'm like what can i bring my family basically says just those jalapeno poppers so that's usually my go-to, but actually I found a pretty good deal on ribs at Macy's, the local grocery store, not the expensive clothing store. And uh, so I'm going to be doing some ribs today, I think. You can probably get more men into the store if the fancy clothing store sold ribs. I think they should. I mean, they're dumb for not doing it. I think that's an idea. We should write that down. Macy's can be our sponsor and we will start selling ribs in the store. <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. What about you? What are you cooking? Um, yeah, New Year's Eve is... Nobody wants to sit down and like have a big meal in my crew. Mm-hmm. They just... My three-year-old, will be four-year-old, is uh, always talking about how he wants snacky dinner. <laughs> snacky but dinner. Snacky dinner, snacky lunch. Like he, he refuses to have a meal. He just wants a little bite of this, and a little bite of that, and a little bite of this. 
and it drives me insane because he wants to sit down and eat a meal. But, uh, so I think we're just going to be simple. Like we're going to go smoked cream cheese tonight, mm. which is took the internet by storm. Like early this spring, I think. No, I feel like everybody was kind of talking everybody about it. Everybody was doing and... it. It is redonkulous. Like, really good, super easy, uh, and it can carry a hundred different flavors with it. Um, so, 225 on the smoker, but put it on. I always put like a little piece of foil or something down underneath it just. Oh, to so catch the mess. I like that. Well, and it doesn't even really make that big of a mess, but it. I haven't ever tried it without the foil, but I've got to think that it would either fall, th- start to fall through, mm-hmm. or would just be impossible to get off the off the grill. Yeah, that's um, probably true. Because it doesn't melt necessarily; it just like becomes really loose, almost a little fluffy mm-hmm. uh, as you do it. So, but score it with a paring knife, give it a little more surface area, just like you would a ham or a pork shoulder or something. Hit it with whatever rub you want. We'll probably use just an AP rub tonight. And then when it comes off, I got a, is it a a pineapple habanero jelly for Christmas this year? Oh. Yeah. Pineapple habanero. Yeah. Something sweet, something hot. Mm -hmm. Pour it over the top and eat it with crackers. You made something similar to that but you put like a peach jalapeno jelly uh-huh. on it yeah same thing that was awesome that was phenomenal yeah the in addition to raspberry jam we talked about last time Haley mm-hmm. makes this just awesome peach jam so do that throw some jalapeno just to get a little variety in the flavor there mm-hmm. uh, but you can do it with anything like my boys love it we'll do cinnamon sugar and then Warm up a can of like pre-made apple pie filling. Oh, pour that over the top and eat it with graham crackers or Nilla wafers. Wow, yeah. that's so it's less of an appetizer, more of a dessert mm-hmm. in that. Yeah, you can do all sorts of flavors with it. But the the other one that I just like I'm kicking myself a little bit about right now, um, Matt Pittman, mm-hmm. like. He's going to like start charging me by the number of times I use his name on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> Matt, I'm sorry. Well, I love you. Hey, if he's noticing this podcast, we're doing something right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but he did deep fried deviled eggs. Oh. That I feel like are a game changer. I like the flavor of deviled eggs. The texture's a little funky. Sure. But I feel like making deviled eggs... And breading them in like a panko or a crispy breadcrumb. Uh huh. But you could do it with pork rinds, and that would be like that would be ground up pork rinds. Uh-huh. Oh, I've never even thought about that. I wish everyone could see the look on Mike's face <laughs> and the light bulb that like just turned on of all the things he's going to try and cover. In the wheels up. are turning, you guys. The wheels are turning. But yeah, so you take that and then you deep fry the deviled egg. I feel like that would be. I feel like that'd be pretty good. Yeah. They looked amazing. Interesting. So. Hmm. All right. Well, we wrapped this up last time. We talked a little bit about our origin stories, some of the things we, we've we learned and loved. Um, and we said this was too much fun. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it again. <clears throat> My mind went here. You vocalized it. But the pig pig man i think this was our this was our last and probably our first like really big cook together yeah i think so that we did we've like we've shared meals together we've one of us has cooked and brought samples to the other one but Mm -hmm. this was this was a pretty big undertaking and it it's got a it's got a pretty healthy backstory that should we tell the backstory? Yeah, I think we should. Okay. So, uh, probably for context, it's it's helpful for everyone. Uh, 
were members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. If there was like a sound bite here, I could hit the button and we could go to South Park and St. Peter could say, the Mormons. The Mormons. <laughs> um, which the fact that I'm quoting South Park after introducing ourselves yeah. is... Tells us a lot about who we are and yeah. how we how we roll. well and we were talking about this before like this is not going to be a religious podcast per se like we're not going to be quoting scripture here but it is a big part of like who we are and what we do and the big groups that we cook for tend to be for church functions or youth camps or things like that so yeah and maybe if if someone were to get something else out of this podcast other than barbecue like i hope people realize that members of the church aren't just book of book of mormon carrying super preachy people like we're normal we do things like barbecue every saturday and try Mm -hmm. and hang out and and have fun and yes i've watched south park as a as an adult and as a child (laughs) i think it's funny is it inappropriate extremely inappropriate but there are some funny things and that's just who I am. I'm not going to try and hide that. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's something that is not, I don't know. I don't know if portrayed is the right word, but I, I, like you said, it's important for people to realize that we're just, we're normal people. Like, yeah. and, and th- I feel like that's as it should be. I don't know. Maybe I'm biased because of just the way that I live my life, but. Yeah. So anyways, I hope everyone feels like this is authentic, not trying to, to be preachy, but like we said, it'll be helpful for you to understand this as, as we have conversations because it is a lot of who we cook for and, and how we get pulled into these things. But um, the local congregation is called a ward, and the leader of that of that congregation is a bishop. Um, our bishop, his name's Mark Turson. Probably should ask him if he wants his name in here. But Oh, that's true. I think he'll be fine. Yeah, uh, he'll get over it. He and I have served together in church leadership for a long time, like a decade at this point now. Um, And for most of that decade, he and I wanted to do a big luau, cook a whole pig and just have a great party, get people together, have fun, spend time together. Um, And how long has it been, Mike? Almost a year. Yeah. About a year ago. Yeah. Mike got got pulled into into leadership with us. Mike and I have served together in in different parts of the church before and as soon as he got called into the to the local leadership group we call it a bishopric. Mm-hmm. Um I I knew this was going to happen. No. Oh, 100%. Fin- finally we had we had the resources and the buy-in to really pull this off. I'm pretty certain that the first time we all met together I was kind of a deer in headlights, but I'm pretty sure this came up. We may have just mentioned it, and I was like, yes, absolutely. I am on board. No. So so when I say a full pig, I mean, this was a borderline hog. I think it's at 180 that a pig becomes classified as okay. a hog when, for its hanging weight. Hmm. Um, I ordered... A hundred and forty pound pig, and I showed up to pick it up at the at the processor, and it was a hundred and sixty four pounds. They're like, "Yeah, we couldn't find one that size, so you're getting a couple of extra pounds for free." And I was like, "Oh, cool! Like, how, how many?" He's like, "Oh, twenty five. <laughs> and you really fought him on it. You were pretty upset yeah, about that him. extra pork. Yeah, which. Like, I knew the pig was going to be big. Mm-hmm. Like, I drive an F-150, go forward, Mike drives one. Mm-hmm. Uh, love my truck. Big fan. There's not much that I feel like I can't move in my truck. Um, and I backed up to the... Backed up to the, the loading doors. And they bring this pig out. And, like, fully stretched out. This pig's seven... Seven and a half foot long. Yeah, it was long. That <laughs> that blew my mind how long it was. Well, and you saw it like we cut the trotters off of it at the plant. Mm. Like it had another foot on it that just it blew my mind how big this pig was. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it like it. This is where it starts to get kind of <laughs> kind of sketchy. Um, pig comes out. It's you know fresh pig. Had tarps and ice. Like I knew I wasn't going to get this thing into a cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was also expecting this to be like the size of a size of a small child, not a sure small adult. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so I get it iced down. Drove over to my office. We've got a we've got a full kitchen and grill cafeteria um, spot there that I know the guy that runs it. I was like, hey, like I'm cooking this whole pig. He was super excited about the idea. I was like, can I put it in the walk-in for 12 hours? Because I don't know where I'm going to store this thing. Right. Yeah, it's not like you can cut it up and put it in coolers. That kind of defeats the purpose of doing a whole yeah pig. Yeah, it was also way bigger than I was expecting, mm-hmm. and incredibly awkward. Like, I, yeah, like when we carried it, it was yeah awkward is a great word for it. Yeah, dead weight. It, and again, like I went back to my nine year old falls asleep. Like he's dead weight. I scoop him up in my arms. I'm a big guy. Like I pick him up. I carry him. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, he weighs 60, 70 pounds. Yeah. This is three times the size of my nine-year-old. And I'm like, like, what the crap am I going to do? Like, how am I going to get this from the back of my truck into the cooler? Um, one of our other buddies, Danny, mm-hmm. works with me. Yeah. Happened to be walking walking by. And I just, I grabbed him. And Danny's fantastic. Like. Yeah, he's a good dude. He is ride or die. No questions asked. The. The like TikTok that goes around of whose car are we taking? Yeah, who, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need your help. I can't tell you what it's for, but we're gonna hurt some people. Yeah, just whose car are we taking? <laughs> Danny is the guy you call. Like ride or die, Danny will have your back. Um, I just I was like, Danny, I don't have time to explain this. I need your help. And we grab this <laughs> thing, and we're like trying to shuffle it across. You know, across the parking lot, across the sidewalk, and into the grill. And this thing looks like we're hauling a dead body. <laughs> I mean, we are, but it, like, the way it was wrapped up in this tarp, like, it looked like we had a corpse that we were carrying into the building. <laughs> and I didn't realize this, but, like, I got some blood on my shirt when I was doing this. <laughs> that we get, we got it into the cooler, and I, you know, I'd taken the afternoon off of work, but... Yeah, rule number one is if you're off work, don't open your email, don't go in the building, like right. don't look at it. Yeah. I got pulled into a couple of things, like someone saw me and was taking care of things. So I'm walking around. I don't know that I've got this like six inch streak of blood across <laughs> my shirt. You've gone to meetings and talked to people. I'm in HR, dude. <laughs> like Oh, that's awesome. I'm in HR and one of the one of the gals that works there. She's are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. She's like, you're bleeding. I'm like, oh, it's not my blood. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's all you said? You're such a jerk. <laughs> I I am. <laughs> and we're going to cement the fact that I am a jerk here in a second <laughs> because I say that. And she's like, what do you mean it's not your blood? I'm standing in the middle of human resources. <laughs> Places you don't say things like, don't worry, it's not it's my not blood. It's not my blood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a that's another one for the Jeopardy category. Things you don't say. Yeah. And, um, she's like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "Oh, I just put a body in the walk-in." And at this point, her eyes are like just big enough. She knows me well enough. She's like, "I know he doesn't actually mean a body, but there's a slight chance that he means <laughs> that there's there a body. Could be something going on." Uh, I was like, "Yeah, come on, I'll show you." And we like walk walk out of HR around the corner into the into the grill and I open the walk-in and laying on the floor is a giant blue tarp tied at both ends, like wrapped up in straps. It really did look like it, like a body. Dude, she screams and took off running. (laughs) I can only imagine what went through her mind as she saw that, like, oh my goodness, this is actually. Julia, I, uh, I'm not sorry that I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) It was awesome. And 
it became like this big running joke. Like people were coming all afternoon, I guess, looking at the body, looking the at freezer. it. And... So it got the pig. Um, I guess you can tell you can tell part of the story. This is where you really come in. It's yeah. Well, and I missed the whole pickup thing. I still feel bad about that. But I was coaching my little boys football team, and we were at practice when you picked it up. So I didn't really know what to expect. But we did. We met. Did we meet at three or did we meet at two thirty? So we could start cooking by three. I think the plan was to have it on the fire at four. That's so right. we had to be there. So like we, we had to at be three. at the office at three. That's so right. We probably so we met a little bit before three. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, and I'm like a little kid at Christmas time that night. Like I couldn't fall asleep. I was so excited. Um, Hunting, fishing, and, and yep. smoke. Those and are the things meat. we get up early for. Absolutely. But yeah, so, I mean, we were probably rolling on two to three hours of sleep tops, at least me, because I was so excited and I couldn't fall asleep and was wondering what was going on. But yeah, we met, so we actually built the pit. Uh, can I say this on here or are we going to get in trouble? We built the pit in the church parking lot. Um, I mean, I guess we got permission, at least. The... I mean, we gave ourselves permission. That's what happens when you're in leadership. Yeah, that's kind of what happened, so... We built the pit in the church parking lot, and so we met there and went to pick it up. And I don't know what to expect. I'm kind of like John. I'm expecting a small child. Like, I've seen... We should probably stop talking about yeah, that's small true. children. Small children. <laughs> dead bodies in the freezer, expecting a small child. This is going to turn into a true crimes yeah. podcast <laughs> here before we know it. They wrapped the body in a tarp and put it in the back of the truck. No, we so we went and showed up, and and I'd seen videos of like suckling pigs and things like that, but I was not expecting this. It was it was pretty heavy and awkward. Like I feel like we used a cart to try to get it out of there. Um, yeah, that's because I realized I like even the two of us, we weren't carrying this thing out and not yeah. making a mess. Well, and it's so awkward, you know. It's not like an evenly distributed barbell or something where we can both get on both ends. Like it was, the weight was in weird spots and. Anyway, so we pick it up, and, and we uh, obviously stopped at Maverick on the way there. Our first of many Maverick drinks, if I remember correctly. Um, and we get it there. So we built the pit, or rather you had your um, youth group build the pit, right? Yeah. That week. And so we just built it out of cinder blocks, had some rebar, um, and we... Um, Let's see, had two little holes on the bottom for airflow and then some, just some roofing, right? Like some metal roofing for the top. Is that what we used? Yeah, it was corrugated metal. Yeah. And it, like, I can't take credit for the plan or anything. Um, there's a great book. It's by Sam Jones. It's called Whole Hog Barbecue. Mm -hmm. So Sam Jones owns Skylight Inn and Barbecue in North Carolina. And this guy does whole hog every day in and out. Um, and Matt Pittman uh, did a, did a YouTube video this, this summer of, of doing a whole hog at his lake house. And when I saw that, it was like, well, I know how we're doing this. That's what we're doing. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. But no, it uh, center block, couple of vent holes and then cover it up with, with corrugated roofing. Yeah. And I mean, we'll talk about this later, but that's a pretty efficient pit design. Like, we babysat it, and we spent a lot of time on it, and it held the temp pretty good. Like, once we figured out the airflow and where to put the bricks for our vent holes, like, it was pretty consistent. Yeah, I think we we probably, like, messed with the temperature more than, like, more than was needed. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like we figured that out towards the end. We were just like, just let it go. Like, it's doing its thing. Yeah. But anyway, so we get the pig to there, pull out our power tools at this point, right? Yeah, used a uh, brand new clean blade. Don't at me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, used a, used a reciprocating saw to cut through the sternum. Uh, and then, I'm trying to think. I think we cracked the spine too that yeah, sounds right we, yeah we pulled the pulled the spinal cord mm -hmm. um but i think we did that with a hammer and a cleaver yes a, that's right a cleaver yeah just to really get it so that it would open all the way up and lay flat mm -hmm. 
Um, I mean, that's the hardest part of this whole thing is like you've got shoulders and hams at, at different ends and mm-hmm. those are big, thick, thick cuts of meat. And then when you've got this thing open, the, like the cavity, like there's nothing between you and the ribs. Mm-hmm. The loins are incredibly lean and small and, right. um, and then you've got, you know, belly mm-hmm. down each sides and those, that's a pretty thin cut of meat. So you're trying to get the heat in the right spot so that you're cooking the big, the big chunks of meat efficiently without burning the other stuff. And that's something I didn't really think about. Like all those different cuts of meat, if you were to smoke them individually, you would do it completely differently for each one. Time and temp would be totally different. And we're all just keeping them all together and trying to figure it out. So Yeah, so we used a we used a mix of lump charcoal and briquettes. Mm-hmm. Uh had a barrel that we used to kind of start the coals, get everything good and hot, and then built bases in the corner, sprinkled it down each side of, of the pit, mm-hmm. and then mixed in some some cold fuel to kind of to extend the burn. Right. As we did, and, and got it covered up. And How big would you say the pit ended up being? Like a four by eight? We should post pis- pictures on our Instagram. Yeah. Of our we uh, we do have an Instagram. Yes. Yeah. Nothing is posted yet. There will be by the time these are out, but uh, you can catch us on Instagram at Fat Guys with Smokers. I uh, I was talking to my wife, and she's like, "Hey, you guys should get an Instagram account." And I texted John about this, and he said, "Check your friend request." And there it was. So, way ahead of me. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we'll post we'll post pictures of it. It, it was probably pretty close by four by eight. I that I'm seems trying to right, remember. But... I think it was like four cinder blocks wide. No, it was four and a half cinder blocks wide and like eight cinder blocks long. Okay, so really, Seven by the half. time you take into account the like the inner the dimension, width, I think was yeah, pretty the close probably by four, four by eight. eight. Yeah, but yeah, so built that up. We had rebar laying across it. And I don't even remember where I saw this. Maybe it was in the Matt Pittman video. They mentioned this. But we we put chicken wire mm-hmm. down across the rebar. And if anyone's ever going to do this, like I don't know how you flip the pig without the rebar. There. That's that's the thing. When you first start, it's like, well, I don't, I mean, I don't know why we need this. And as soon as you go to flip it, it's like, this is why. This is why we needed to yeah. do this. Yeah, so we cooked it. We went until... I think we went till it was like 180-ish. That sounds right. In the hams. Mm-hmm. Um, this is all in Sam's book. I'm not going to try and replicate it. Like, Really, this is a book. If you're going to do whole hog, like you're going to spend 400, 500 bucks on a pig. Spend the 15 bucks. Buy Sam's book. Like, And what's the name of it again? Whole Hog Barbecue. By Sam. What's the Sam Jones. Sam Jones. Yeah. It's... It goes into incredible detail about how to build the pit, how to trim the pig. If you want to do injections, we didn't. I guess we should talk about seasoning this. Oh, yeah. Uh, we used gospel um, all-purpose rub for meat church and some salt on yeah. the skin. Just a lot of kosher salt, right? Yeah, it was a. It was about a pound of... It, it wasn't even kosher. It was just like regular, just regular table salt. salt. And we just did that on the skin side, right? Yeah, so it, on the skin side, we're trying to pull moisture out of the skin. Mm-hmm. So we put the salt on it. Um, and you go skin side up for the first part of the cook. At 180, we flipped it, and you really crank the heat at 180. And this was really hard. Like, part of this was we were exhausted at this point. We st- Oh, yeah. We were up. You know, we met at 2.30, which meant we were up at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. Oh, we need to talk about Grandpa Clay, too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, so, I'll, I'm super spoiled. I mean, you are, too. Like, you're from around here. Oh, yeah. Um, my I was family's a, all around. Yeah, I was a nomad as a child. Like, we moved all over the country. I'm originally from Texas. I think we talked about mm-hmm. the glory of Texans last, last time. 
Um, I call Chicago home. I graduated high school in New Hampshire. Uh, I've lived in California, South Carolina, Mississippi. Like, I've been around. And because of that, I never had family around growing up. My grandparents lived with us for a little while when my grandpa first retired. Um, but really, like, it was just my, my mom, dad, my little sister, and that was it. That was the family we had around us. Mm-hmm. Um, our the members of the church in the areas were a lot like our family and like provided us support. Um, you know, when you need someone to watch your kid or you know yeah. something happens, like that's who brought you dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, but about four or five years ago, my parents moved up to up here to Northern Utah from Arizona where they were at at the time. My sister moved back from being off at school and she had been doing a, She's an audiologist and been doing her internship in Reno, I think. Like, she moved back to Utah. And my grandparents had lived here but had been a couple hours away. Well, they moved in with my parents. And now all of a sudden, like, literally with in 100 yards, I've got four generations. Yeah, you're literally a stone's throw away from... Which has been fantastic. Like, I love yeah. it. Um, but it means my family's around a lot and they want to be part of the things I'm doing, which is great. Yeah. Well, they're excited about it. Mine wants to, for sure. Yeah. Until it's what? Five thirty. I think like, so. Yeah. We had, uh, we had finally gotten, we'd finally gotten this pig on, we'd gotten the fire, right? We had dealt with the sprinkler. Oh, the sprinkler. I forgot about the sprinkler. Yeah. The, right. Oh. As we finally get our fire going, we're getting our pit up to the temperature where we want it. The friggin' sprinklers that the church turn on. And I mean, we're in the we're in the parking lot. The sprinklers shouldn't have been an issue. No, but, but we've got this one rogue sprinkler. <laughs> just over spraying the entire pit. Like, oh man. Yeah, and we so the burn barrel we were using it was a fifty five gallon drum that uh-huh. we had essentially cut in half. Right. So at like <laughs> four o'clock in the morning, I am running across the lawn with a half a barrel that we hadn't started burning stuff in. And I just dropped it over the sprinkler head that was spraying us. Well, and we're not idiots. Like we understand sprinklers. Like that's what I do during the summer, but it was what at this point, 3 AM. Like we had no idea where the, where the sprinkler box was to turn it off. So we just dumped the barrel over it and just let it do its thing. And it was on for a long time. Yeah. It was like 45 minutes. Yeah. So, Anyway, yeah, that was so that was we, an adventure. We had had an adventure in the morning. We were yeah. already starting to get kind of tired. Mm-hmm. We're out. We've got our trucks like kind of like creating a little bit of a, a visual barrier to what we're doing in the parking lot, right? Just in case you know it's not kosher. And um, we had our like we had cots out. Like we were fully prepared to like oh yeah to camp it out. And we had just, we had both like just drifted off to sleep. And here comes this car whipping into the parking lot. Like, I swear the brights were on. Probably not, but it seemed like the brights were on, shining right we at us. We had no idea what was going on. And my, my grandpa jumps out. <laughs> you know, bless his heart, man. 80 years, 82 years old. Jumps out of jumps out of his minivan, comes over. Hey guys, how you doing? Oh, so chipper in the morning. I was, I was still groggy. But uh, he, like, we really need to call Maverick, our yeah, our unofficial, our, our unofficial reverse sponsor. sponsor. <laughs> we need to correct the direction here. Yeah, um, yeah, he's got, you know, big Maverick drinks for us, breakfast burritos, like, mm-hmm. which which was awesome. But scared. Yeah. Scared the living daylight. Oh, yeah. Well, first, it, we were asleep and it woke us up, so we were a little scared. I was a little nervous that it was like the cops or something, and we had somehow broken a law we overlooked or something, but it wasn't. Everybody was cool. No, that's a great part about our neighborhood. We've got a couple of cops here, like... Yeah. And the two cops that were closest were both invited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were down. I yeah. Have, I have no doubt that we could count on them. They would. They would be in our corner. But we, yeah, it was just, it was a day of like trying to 
manage the fire and you're constantly starting more coals. Mm-hmm. I think we added coals about every hour. Yeah, I was thinking that probably an hour and a half or so. But yeah. but the hard thing was is everything I feel like I knew about fire management like just went out the window. Oh, yeah. It was opposite of everything that I thought we would be dealing with. Like I, I feel pretty comfortable working with a charcoal pit and stuff, but I don't know. I mean, what was, we would, we would open the air, both of our intakes and the temperature would drop. Yeah. So like basic fire management, mm-hmm. the more air you give it, the faster the fuel burns, the faster the fuel burns, the hotter it burns. Mm-hmm. So temperature should go up. Mm-hmm. Like that's. It, and you do way more live fire cooking than I do with right. charcoal and your barrel. Like mm-hmm. I was really leaning on you. Like <laughs> I'm a lazy guy. I use my pellet grill. I love it. Like I have dreams of an offset one day, mm-hmm. which we need to talk about the offset your dad just bought. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but like that, those are basic fire management principles. Yeah, that and we're not idiots. Boy Scouts. We yeah, we understand how it all works. But as it turns out, it is the opposite when you're using your cinder block pit well and the more i thought about this and like thought about the airflow and the thermodynamics there like most of the time when you're cooking in a on a charcoal grill like in one of our barrel pits like there's a very limited supply of oxygen Mm -hmm. i think the reason this is is there is already so much oxygen and air in that pit like it already has all the airflow that it needs Mm -hmm. and like these are cinder blocks. It's not like we cemented these. Or yeah, they're not sealed up. There's plenty of um, air leaking in. Like there was plenty of oxygen there, so you were we were literally venting heat. Yeah. As we opened. So when those. we opened it and thought we were letting more air in, what we were really do doing was letting the heat out, which again was completely opposite. And I went in pretty confident, like you said. I I do charcoal cooking a lot and and have learned a lot about fire management, but it was just. I mean, it was just opposite of what we thought. But I will say we spent, so we got there. We met at, what did we say, 2.30? 2 The pig was on the pig, Irv. We Irv. named him Irv That's after right. Irv Yokoyama. So Irv was, was one of my childhood um, youth leaders. Yeah, you talked about him last yeah, episode. He, he was That's right. a scout master back in the day when Boy Scouts still were Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hawaiian heritage, like you, he's part of the reason I love cooking outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, Irv passed away a couple of years ago. Um, but he is a, what I, when I get out and I'm cooking outside, if I'm camping, like I think of Irv and I think of Paul Norris and all the fun that I had there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we named the pig after Irv because this is absolutely something Irv would have like been all for. Yeah. Had Irv been around and I told him we were doing this, I have no doubt he would have gotten on a plane to come up and <laughs> he would have been a part of it. Huh? Yeah, he would have loved something like that. So we named we named the pig Irv after Irv. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we Irv was on at four, and like it was hot and going without much issue, probably by five thirty or six. Yeah, sprinkler had shut off by then. Yeah. We had kind of understood the way that our pit was going to work at that point. But, I mean, we babysat it. It was a long day. We babysat it until, what time did we eat? Six or seven? I was going to say, I was going to say six. That sounds right. I had a 14-hour cook in my head. Yeah, I think that's what we did. And we did not leave the entire time. No. Both of us were there. Yeah, both of us were there. Um we watched the Texas Alabama game. We had several visitors. Our Why kids came and hung out with us for yeah. a long time. Why do we have to bring up the Texas Alabama game? I'm sorry. Game? It was a good game. It was a good game, except the freaking Longhorns couldn't get anything done. Oh, but they were so close, and then they were not. Yeah. But, yeah, our kids, I mean, we were just in the church parking lot. And really, the church is right in between our two houses. And so both of our kids kind of rode their bikes and and hung out there for for a long time and at that point i mean our patience was shot we were tired it it was a super fun day Uh but by the time we got there and the last part of the cook i think was the hardest when we were trying to crisp up Mm -hmm. the skin like 
we went through way more fuel than I thought we were going to. Yep. Um, yep. So you flip. We got to like 180, and then you flip the pig over, so it's skin side down now. Mm-hmm. And that last part, you're you're trying to use high heat to blister the skin into into pork cracklings. Yeah, like it is it is maybe one of the coolest processes to watch. Is you take you put pig skin over extreme heat, and it starts to like bubble and get crispy and all of that fat starts to burn and render mm-hmm. and it's like deep frying pork skin still on the pig um which sounded disgusting to me when you were explaining this process and what was about to happen it was really good uh, it's like one of the best parts of living in the south was learning about cracklins <laughs> and oh yeah i had never partaken of that but it was it was pretty good yeah it was delicious it made but me the, a believer it was hard. Like we only got part of the skin to really yeah. go and, and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, by the time we're done, like it was the middle of summer, like it was starting to get hot. Like, oh yeah. Even with the, the pop-up, like had a 12 by 12 pop-up that we were under. Yep. Like it was hot. We were sweaty. We were exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody wants to like come and see the pig and talk about it. And, um, I'm sure that people came thinking that we were going to be our... I mean, because we're pretty friendly and, and nice and happy. We were so exhausted. I feel like pe- people came, and I feel kind of bad. They they probably felt like we were just like, meh, go away. Yeah, see the pig, now go away. Yeah, people want to help, and we're like, I, I don't have the energy to teach you how, yeah. how to do what I need you yeah. to do. No, um, go away. Not today. We did do pretty good with the kids, though. We like, did. We a did. whole pig is like it can be kind of scary, for, especially for kids to see these things. Like, and we've got lots of farms around us. Like seeing mm-hmm. live pigs is is one thing. Yep. Um, but seeing a pig with its eyes still intact, the eyes like, are the creepiest part. Yeah, I think eyes open, like teeth there, kind of staring at you. It's this weird, like brownish, you know, red color from being cooked. Uh huh. Um. That I thought was really the kids that came over, like they were super interested, yeah. and we were able to talk about it a little bit. They they mm-hmm. learned and were super excited to have have some meat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the thing I think that surprised me the most out of the whole process, we've got this pig cooked and everyone's going. It took forever to shred. Oh yeah, I mean we were both going at it full speed. It took a long time. Yeah, like I've shredded a lot of pork shoulders. I have cooked a lot of meat in my life. I think we shredded pork for an hour. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think most of our ward had come, gotten their food, and we were still shredding pork Yeah. to put in there. The impressive thing about it was, and we probably fed, I'm going to I'm gonna ballpark, it was probably... 200 225 people i think that's fair some of them were kids and probably didn't eat as much but i think we fed at least that many people we had like no leftovers yeah i brought home one small pan that kind of got distributed to people that were sick or homebound weren't able to get out Mm -hmm. like this group of people like they put a herd on that pig and it was it was pretty impressive they got after it it was impressive and everybody was so nice, and like I say, we were so exhausted, and I feel like as members of the bishopric, we're supposed to be super friendly, and like, oh yeah, come on over, let's show, and I was so tired, we were just picking up, and people would come over and want to see the pit. Again, I've, I feel bad, I feel like I need to apologize to everybody, because I was just like, <laughs> go away, yeah, there it is, that's what we did. Yeah. Go eat your food. No, I, and that's what... That's the way it felt. I don't think we were actually that mean. I, um, I hope not. I really hope but, not. I mean, yeah, the, Danny, man, Ryder died. Danny shows up, <laughs> and Danny gets it. Like, he he cooks, he smokes. Uh-huh. Um, and, like, he showed up, like, saw the look on my face. And, like, Danny and I worked together uh-huh. quite a bit at, at the office, too. He saw, like, took one look on my face, and, like, he just picked up a shovel and started um, cleaning out the pit. Yep. Yeah. Didn't ask what to do. Didn't ask for instruction. He just like grabbed a shovel, finished what I was doing. It was like, 
what else? What do you need me to do? Mm-hmm. Um, that that was that was so helpful. <laughs> like I was so grateful for <laughs> like not to have to explain, not to have to talk about it. Just like he went for it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but that that's probably something worth mentioning. If anyone is going to do this, the one thing that I was really happy that we did. Um, All the same. I was really worried about staining the staining the concrete we were on mm-hmm. or burning the concrete. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about this until my dad and I started talking about it of like, we were going to do this on the asphalt. Like charcoal's pretty flipping hot. Like probably would have melted the asphalt. Right. Um, but we got a couple of bags of playground sand Mm-hmm. and spread it all over the bottom of the pit, which was a little hard because there's a lot of moisture in that stuff. Right. Um, so I think it took a while to get the pit up to temperature because of that. Yeah, probably. But all of the, the juice and drippings and everything just dripped onto the sand, which there are a lot of drippings. Oh, yeah. As this happens. Like kind of a gross amount of drippings. Yeah, but it all just went into the sand and like yeah. scooped it up like kitty litter. And, and the charcoal, I feel like, I mean, I guess that wouldn't be as hard to shovel up, but it mixed with the sand and just kind of made clean up a little bit easier. Yeah, so. it was so much easier. Yeah. Um, that if you're going to do this, that's not in Sam's book because Sam cooks in like permanent established pits most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, absolutely do the sand. But what, what else would you do different, Mike? My biggest thing was, I mean, and it it was an experience, I think. And, and we talked about how the, the I feel like the best part of barbecue is the experience and the process and the learning. But I feel like we were so exhausted, it was hard to enjoy. And now, knowing how consistent that that pit ended up being, I mean, we had to add coals to it probably every hour, hour and a half. Um, but I wish kind of, and it was fun to be there together the whole day, but I wish we would have taken shifts and like maybe gotten some sleep and it just didn't need to be babysat the whole time, which we had no way of knowing until we did, by the way. But that would probably be my biggest thing just so that we could enjoy it a little bit more. But I mean, that was, that was probably my biggest takeaway from it is, Hey, if we do this again, you know, maybe you take these three hour block, I'll take this three hour block and we'll be there for the end or the beginning. You know, really the only time you needed both of us there was for the flip. I feel like. Yeah. I, I think I'd still probably do two man teams, but rotate them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just moving, moving the, the roofing around and especially we had a little bit of wind that picked up. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think having an extra set of hands is helpful. But yeah, That's I think true. definitely spreading it out. Like you, like part of what I love about about barbecue is the time I spend with people. Yeah. Talking about it, like this podcast is, like, this is super fun and enjoyable for me. Right. To sit around and talk about this. The, but yeah, it was just so flipping exhausting. Right. And I think you're right. It would be good to have a two-man team. If for nothing else, to bounce ideas off of each other. Because when we couldn't get that pit to come up, we were both just racking our brain and mm-hmm. talking about it. And we finally figured it out. And I feel like if you were by yourself, I don't know, I'd probably just panic and do something dr- drastic. And so, anyway. Yeah, for sure. But, I, yeah, I think the people aspect of it, if for nothing else, like involving more people. Like, yeah. tr- like from the church perspective, like a lot of what we try and do is involve a lot of people and have people feel needed and it, i think that would have been a good right good thing for a us good to opportunity do. for people um you know building relationships is like a huge part of my life and mm-hmm. not just from church but family like all of that's really important to me and i, I think that would have been a great opportunity to to involve more people involve and spend more, more people, time for sure um but yeah it, just to spread some of the load and Man, I think I would have been a way better host and like happier person if I had had an hour to go take a shower. Right. Yes. Yes. It felt so, I mean, gross and tired and yeah, I think you're right. And I think there were a lot of people that wanted to be more involved, you know, 
Like all the people that came over just to talk to us. And yeah, I think you're right. That would have been a really good opportunity to spread that out a little bit. Um, but from the cook side, like, I don't know what I would have changed. It I, was good. I think it, like it, for it being our first like big pig, mm-hmm. like, I think it went really well. Like I've yeah. done, su- I've done a couple of suckling pigs just on my Traeger. Um, those were like, they weren't that hard. Like the fire management was pretty easy. Like, right. Um, but I think, I, th- I feel like the cook went pretty well and I, the best part about being the guy that's cooking is, you know, we take this massive pig off of the pit, <laughs> which was quite a sight to see. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> while it had lost a little bit of weight, it still weighed a ton. Very. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's over a giant firebox, right. essentially. So we grab that chicken wire and we're like hauling it the, the like two feet. We had a big banquet table right next to us, uh-huh. but we had to pivot it, get it on there and then carry it over. But I think the best part about all of it is right off the fire. Like you get a, you get a pull a chunk of meat off of it mm-hmm. and dude, that was so good. Oh, it was great. Like we talk about Very how good. hard it is and all the work and some of the frustrations that we had there. Um, but it was so good. Like I, and that was enough for reward for me. Like, yeah, I, we talked about what we would do differently in terms of like time management, people management. If they said they want to do another luau next summer, like I'm down. Oh yeah, like I would totally do it again. It was a blast. It was fun just to be part of the process, you know. But the end result was phenomenal. Like it was really good. So. So that's the story of Irv. That is Irv. That was years in the making, and we finally just did it. Yeah, it was. Oh man. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think. Like, I really do think that was like seven or eight years of talking about. We've got to cook a pig. We've got to cook. A At pig. least I remember you first bringing it up when we were new to the area, and it was. That's been eight years ago. So. That's crazy. But yeah. it was yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was fun. I would I would ten out of ten recommend that. Mm. Alrighty, well I think that's I think that's it for this time. Yeah. Thanks for thank you for anyone who has lasted through the story of Irv. Yes. Has stuck with us for, for another episode and we will catch you again yep. on Fat Guys with Smokers. Like and subscribe, comment down below. All of the things. All of the things that we're supposed to say. See you guys. Thanks, guys.